Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Right, back with another edition of our Preps Podcast. This is Kyle Nedenrip, and uh, joined again by Logan Hunt from the Mick Network. And uh, we're going to be talking some uh, sectional football. We get into championship week, Logan, this week. And uh, it was a really interesting week last week. I covered the Brownsburg-Avon uh, game, and the number one team in the state is gone. And uh, not a huge surprise, I guess. Brownsburg, we knew, would give them a tough battle, and certainly it was. It was 27-24 uh, final, and Brownsburg moves on. And it's sort of similar to the, and we'll talk about Lawrence North as well, but sort of the similar uh, uh, scene on the field after Brownsburg wins. It was complete elation, and it felt more like a, a championship of some sort than a sectional semifinal game. Certainly understandable. Brownsburg had lost five consecutive sectional games to Avon. Uh, they get it done, and defense had a huge part of that game. And then the offense with uh, uh, Donnie Marcus over 100 yards rushing. Uh, the, the, the passing game did just enough with Ben Easters. Not a great game for Ben Easters, but uh, got it done when it mattered, and, and Brownsburg moves on. And, I, you know, you feel for uh, for Avon that went, goes undefeated, sort of similar to Brownsburg last year, goes undefeated and then loses uh, in the sectional. But uh, it was a great game, and, and I think that maybe caught some people by surprise was the number one team getting beat on Friday. I was going to say, revenge is a dish best served cold. I mean, <laughs> it, it was it was almost a mirror image, like you mentioned, to, to what happened last year to Brownsburg. And this time Brownsburg kind of gets the last laugh and, uh, I was following along on on Twitter, and I saw Brownsburg jumped out to an early lead, so I turned it on at halftime of the game. I was calling with Lawrence North and Lawrence Central and started watching a little bit of it, and I couldn't believe uh, you know, Brownsburg was ahead by so much. And all of a sudden, Avon just started coming back, coming back, and just going, uh-oh, not yeah. again. You know, not again for these Bulldogs. You feel, you're starting to feel for them, but end up pulling it out and, and and it is that that's something that that was the big question is we all knew brownsburg was capable of it and and they, they knew they were capable of it it was just sitting in the back of their mind when, when you've lost that many consecutive times to the same team it feels like they kind of have your number when can you get over that hump and it was that, that, that's something that's really cool to see brownsburg finally kind of pulling through and now get to have get to write their own ending this year and have a good chance of getting out of sectionals. I had a you know in my job you're always kind of looking for the story within the story and you know 38 nothing they got beat last year to Avon. You know there was kind of that gut check. You mentioned Brownsburg had the lead in that game. It slipped away from them. Uh, so at halftime they're kind of feeling like you're like do they have the toughness to kind of pull this thing out? And that was a theme I guess in the locker room from talking to some of the players was you know, are you going to be tough enough to pull this thing out this year? And, that, and so that was something I think maybe shows, you know, Brownsburg has that, that maybe mental edge that they haven't had in the past. And, uh, you know, I think that shows as much as anything, you know, that they're, they're able to get over the hump. We have kind of a live audience here behind us. But uh, it, there was a – I think more than anything, maybe shows the mental toughness to get through a game like that. No, absolutely. There is something that has to be said, and you have to tip your cap to those, those high school kids and to Coach Hart for getting those guys ready. I mean, that is that that's something that that's tough in itself. I mean, half of it's mental, half of it's physical. You got to get out there. You have to be ready to play. And and when it starts feeling like the same thing that happened last year, and and you start uh, feeling like the pressure's back on, they they didn't crack. They were able to keep it moving, and and that's something that yeah, I mean, if you're going to be one of the top teams in the state. 
that's how you have to do. And, and had something that's really cool for them, knocking off the number one team in the state, an undefeated Avon team. And like I said, it, it really reminiscent of last year. They kind of got their revenge. But the question is, what can they do moving forward? Now, right. Is this going to be a one-off, or are you going to make it into a series? And that's what John Hart said. You know, I asked him about the uh, elation after the game, and do you worry about that? And is it almost too much? You know, is it, do you almost feel and in the moment? You know, I actually wrote about it. It's like you know, it's it's. It's raw emotion. It's cool, I think, I mean, that, that kids react like that, and they care that much, you know, in the student body. And, and not only at Brownsburg, but you saw it at Lawrence North, other places, obviously, too. Uh, that's a cool part, of, cool part of high school sports, in my opinion. But he did mention that. He said, hey, if we beat Avon and then we go out and lose the next week, then what does that win really mean? It, you know, it's, it's, it's cool and it's memorable, but not what it could have been, not a stepping stone. And while we're talking about that, uh, sectional five is the, the, the championship game. They will play Zionsville. One of the few uh, teams with losing records who are still playing. Uh, Zionsville is only four and six. Uh, but, you know, and, and Brownsburg really hammered them the first time they played them three weeks ago. But I will say, I, I don't think this is a, is a game where Brownsburg's going to go out and, and win by 40 points. I, I, the way Zionsville's been playing lately, uh, you know, they went out and beat Pike, who, a dangerous Pike team, 36 nothing on Friday. So, you know, I think Zionsville. You know, while they are four and six, your record is what it is. Uh, with Colin Price in that running game, I think they can give Brownsburg a pretty tough game Friday. Absolutely. Once you start getting down to the nitty gritty like this, uh, you kind of throw records out the window. I mean, when sectional championships are on the line and progressing even further into the playoffs, it's it, it feels like every team brings their A game. This game's going to be at Zionsville. Yeah, I think Zionsville has as good a chance as anyone. They're going to think that as well. You know, you're one game away from winning sectionals. That in, had a, a Mick team, had Brownsburg, had Avon. I mean, that, that those are two of the best teams in the state. So I, I think this is definitely going to be a, a closer matchup than the regular season matchup that we saw between these two teams. And you mentioned Zionsville's just as a whole been playing better down the stretch. Well, let's stay on the, su- the south half of the uh, 6A bracket in, in sectional six. Uh, ben Davis will host Southport. And, uh, Logan, we talked about last week, it really is a beneficial setup for Ben Davis playing. You know, they, they whipped uh, Perry Meridian pretty good last week, 57 nothing. They go into the Southport game, you would think, pretty pretty heavily uh, favored in this game. Southport had to survive uh, Tech 41-40. to um, you know, so it sets up. Ben Davis could be playing Brownsburg next week. Of course, you can't look ahead too far, but this really looks like a, a good uh, situation for for the Giants. Yeah, we saw even when the, when the sectionals got realigned, a lot of people thought this was this was going to be an easier walk for Ben Davis getting out of you know the Warren Central and Lord School sectional, uh, getting away from some of the mid schools and getting in one that that maybe is a little closer to home. A little, drive time's a little easier, and and they're going to be play this one at home against Southport. And, and you said Southport struggled a little bit against Tech. And, uh, we think Ben Davis might be a little bit stronger, and they took care of business against Perry Meridian. So the Giants are definitely a favorite in that one, and, and are you know going to have to take care of business. You can't look ahead to regionals possibly where you could see Zionsville, Brownsburg, but uh, they're going to have to take care of business there at home. But I don't think Southport's going to go down without a fight. Right, Southport does have a good offense. Uh, Ryan Lazan, uh, we've talked about him before, the quarterback for the Cardinals, uh, very good athlete, and he's capable of doing some damage. I just don't know if he's he can you know if they'll have enough to stop uh, Ben Davis's offense. Yeah. I think that's where Southport uh, could struggle is on that side of the ball. Ben Davis is just a bigger, a bigger physical, more physical team uh, than Southport is. But again, you, you play the game and, and uh, see what happens. Then in sectional seven, Logan wanted to spend a little bit of time here because uh, Lawrence North, uh, you know, finally, finally, finally gets <laughs> over the hump and beats Lawrence Central. And uh, as we've talked about on this uh, podcast before. 
uh, it was up to 15 wins in a row for LC <laughs> in that game in that rivalry, and uh, it was seven nothing in the fourth quarter. Uh, Lawrence Central led on Friday night, and uh, Lawrence North. You're, you, I was kind of following that game, interested in in what happened there. Um, just because I thought maybe this would be the time, and, and certainly Lawrence North finally is able to get through the reaction. I, I love the reaction <laughs> on uh, uh, on uh, Twitter, the video of the team uh, after that final. That they finally get the uh, final uh, play there, and the clock's hit zero, and it's all over with, and uh, they can finally just breathe a sigh of relief and celebrate uh, this long, long-awaited uh, victory. Absolutely, and it was surreal kind of being there when you saw the clock winding down. There was the LC was driving at the end of the game. They got Lawrence North had a penalty, and the next thing you knew, Lawrence Central was sitting at the 30-yard line with, with a chance to, to put one in the end zone, and you're going, no way the Bears are going to do this, right? And Jason Graves is scrambling around and throws a final heave to the end zone. It hits the turf, and next thing you know, there's Wildcats everywhere. I mean, they, they were everywhere. Everyone was trying to run onto the field. The crowd's going crazy. It was, it was a surreal feeling uh, just watching it all and, and, and a, an amazing sight to see. And just everyone, like you say, kind of exhale, and the Wildcats finally doing it. Seeing the the athletic directors, the coaches, everyone saying, you know, finally got over that hump, and uh, it, it's amazing to, that Lawrence Central beat them that many years in a row and were able to hold that advantage. But Lawrence North finally getting it done, and not only that, getting it done in sectional play right. as well. I, I, they lost to Lawrence Central last year in sectionals by a touchdown. This year they win by a touchdown and a come from behind victory. I mean, this is this was something that you know you don't we 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 try to not root for anybody and, and going into it, we obviously weren't rooting for anyone, but it was awesome to see Lawrence yeah. North win that game. It really was. In the aftermath, you always root for a good story. Yes, and, uh, and LC would have been a good story too. But Lawrence North finally getting through the that win, uh, you feel good for uh, Pat Mallory and all the uh, close calls he's had and. Uh, it, it shows signs of progress for that program, which you're always looking for. You know, you can you can say it, you can you can feel it, you can feel like you're better, and they certainly are. Uh, but to get that win, I think shows like tangible progress. And it now sets up Logan a, an interesting game uh, against Warren Central. They go on the road, and uh, you know we we had our we did our Mick uh, around the Mick show tonight, and we kind of you know talked about this game a little bit and you know you look at the teams and the names and the programs over the years and this would be a total mismatch but the players in the uniforms this season it's not really a mismatch it's when you've got a guy like donovan mcculley at quarterback uh you've got a shot and uh i don't know what's going to happen in this game i really don't and warren certainly uh has tradition and a great coaching staff and and excellent players on, uh, on its side obviously but I really do think Lawrence North going in at least has a shot to uh, to, to pull this upset. No, the Wildcats definitely feel like that Cinderella feel-good story team. I mean, that, that's what they feel like. And, and you've seen uh, their last couple years, they got a win over Carmel a couple years ago, and I felt like, okay, now the Wildcats are going to turn turn the net the page. And then the next couple years, they get so close against you know North Central last year. They get so close against Carmel again the past two years, so close against Warren this year. I mean, mm-hmm. they lose by one point on – when what was a you know a last second touchdown from Warren to win by one point? I mean it was it, it just felt like are they ever gonna do it? And they finally done it. But now you know is it a one off like you said? It, like what Coach Hart has talked about? You know it, if we if we lose the next game, you know what did that game really mean? Wildcats have a chance in this one when you know they they I was I called the game. Uh, the Lawrence North Warren Central game in the regular season, I was there. The Wildcats outplayed the Warriors. Yeah. That, that's, that's just yeah. how there was two of the Wildcats. Probably should have won that game. They feel like they should have won that game. It was played at Lawrence North. 
Now it's a little different. Yeah. Warren Central still they're they're still the six A reigning champs. I mean that, that's what they have the tradition. Coach West has a phenomenal record in sectionals as well, and uh, Warren Central is a little bit different team. But the Wildcats with Donovan McCauley, and Omar Cooper, a couple young talents, I can really get it done defensively. They're strong. Uh, this wouldn't necessarily be an upset in my eyes. I think once you get to sectional finals, it's as even as anyone. When you look for you know, you, like you said, Warren is still the champs until proven mm-hmm. otherwise. You look for playmakers, and Randy Wells went out and had a long kickoff yeah. return for a touchdown uh, last week against North Central. That was a very good win uh, for Warren, so not to diminish anything Warren has done either. 17-10, uh, to 10, uh, beat a very tough North Central team that had been playing up until that last regular season game against Ben Davis as well as anybody. Uh, so, Warren, that's a good, you know, good solid victory. That's how they have to win this year is, is – is kind of you know big gets get hit a few big plays play good defense and uh, and, and kind of the scores are going to be lower I think this year for Warren than they were last year's tournament run uh, but still a team that's very <laughs> capable uh, of accomplishing a lot this year I tell you what when you lose David Bell you lose Ramirez you lose Jane George I think the scoring is definitely yeah. going to be lower and I think we're seeing that yeah David Bell had a t- I saw he had a touchdown game winning touchdown for Purdue uh, so he's doing big things as a freshman. Uh, at Purdue, so he, you know, we, we've talked about him before, obviously many times. But uh, that team was so so talented. This this year's team, you, you, we knew going in, not quite as talented, but here they are, seven and three, playing for a sectional championship, and uh, their old their old rival sitting on the other side there in sectional eight, Center Grove. Uh, they will host Franklin Central on Friday night in sectional eight, the championship game there. And again, Logan, kind of the beat goes on. Center Grove uh, goes down to Columbus East. Hey, no problem. 31-7. We thought that might be kind of a, a potential upset. Uh, not so much. Uh, they they just get it done. Great defense and that running game uh, just churning now. And uh, like you said, during the Mick Network show, it's November, and this is basically who they are every every November. Absolutely. This is what Center Grove does. Like you said, I mean, it's, it's to the beat of the drum. Here they go. They, they, they get through sectionals. They get to regionals. And always have a, a winning team and listen we we know we know the trojans are talented the question of looming has been is carson Steele coming back we, you know he wrote a story and caught up with carson Steele about his year being finished and how tough that is but right now there, there are no questions around around that program it's these are our guys this is who we're playing with this is who we have the rest of the year and they were young taven jackson he's a young player i mean mm-hmm. daniel weems is a young player connor dub i mean they, they don't have too many seniors on this team that are that are their main playmakers offensively and defensively so they're learning as they go along. They've been in games. They've been competitive. Uh, we know they're more talented than their five and five record. Uh, this is a team that, you know, if they make it to semi-state, no one's going to bat an eye. Yes, uh, Franklin Central, uh, five and five this year. They are kind of a bounce back uh, team this year uh, under Grant Lewis, who I think is a very good young younger coach uh, for the Flashes. Uh, I just don't know if they have the manpower. I, they're they're kind of built the same way. They they play good defense, like to run the ball, uh, kind of a similar style as Center Grove, and they did play them last year in the sectional and uh, lost twenty three to six. So I think that you know this will be. I think Franklin Central's got to keep this. You know, try to make it a low scoring game, uh, play good defense, and and force some. You know, if you can get some turnovers, this is a Center Grove team that at, at times has been mistake prone, but uh, very good defensively as well. Um, I just I, I I'd have a hard time picking against Center Grove in this game in sectional eight. Absolutely, like I said, this, this is what Center Grove does. They're at home as well against Franklin Central. It definitely is going to help. Yeah, it's Franklin Central coming off a 14-11 win over Columbus North uh, last week to make it to this uh, championship game. And then on the top of the bracket, Logan, again, it kind of shakes out. I'm not sure. You know, Merrillville goes out and. Uh, 
in wins last week. They they uh, uh, beat Lafayette Jeff twenty seven to twenty, and uh, Lafayette Jeff was a team that had been pretty high in the rankings. Maryville as well is ranked number four, uh, only has one loss this year. But I look around in, in the top half of that bracket, and you know Homestead. They go out last week, and I, that was a game I was watching on uh, on video. On uh, uh, I can't remember who was doing it. It might have been the Summit Sports uh, people up there, but we had it on our uh, Friday Night Live mm-hmm. show, and and I could not believe I was watching mm-hmm. Noblesville, who is I would say is very well coached. Uh, Justin Roden came from East Central, uh, where he had a lot of success. They're they're tough defensively, uh, but for Homestead to kind of have to get through an overtime win 24 21 was completely shocking absolutely i mean this is an undefeated homestead team that's kind of representing fort wayne you know they're they're they're, they're putting the 260 on their back and, and coming down into hostile territory against noble team that hadn't had too much success this year and they get taken all the way to to the end i mean and, and it was i was a little shocking and telling of where maybe these fort wayne schools are maybe drive time had you know a factor yeah. in it i don't know it was just a, it just you haven't seen that team you don't know how to scout for it but uh definitely a shocking result there i mean homestead just pulling off a victory and uh just a little telling maybe of what's to come and maybe how good they are but uh they're gonna have their hands full with carroll coming yeah, in as well because carroll beat snyder right i think that could be a game carroll could win uh they beat snyder 42 31 uh that's sectional three and the point i was i guess was making that uh, on the north side of the bracket i still think carmel <laughs> is a team to beat um they're seven and three they took care of HSC, who I'd been touting as a team that could beat Carmel. They go all they do is go out and they just smash them twenty eight nothing to start, and then HSC gets a couple touchdowns late. Uh, so that that is a good HSC team. Carmel took care of, and then the other uh, other game there was Westfield, uh, just destroying Fishers forty two to fourteen. Westfield, one of those teams that has some has some nice players. Uh, you know they they're. Uh, uh, Camden Simons, their quarterback, is a big, big, strong guy, good arm. Uh, you know, Eli Patchett's a good, strong running back that they have. Defense is, is getting better and better. And Jake Gilbert's won a state championship before, granted, at the uh, 5A level in the six-class system. But I, I think a program that's getting better and better. And uh, But I still, I think Carmel, on the north side of that bracket, may just be ahead of everybody else, just, just ever so much. Absolutely. I mean, you look at... You look at a home staff, like I said, 10-0, but some question marks there. Maryville, 9-1 high in the rankings. Their one loss comes to Valpo, who's undefeated there, and, and 5A. And a very good team, a team that maybe, a little foreshadowing, could maybe challenge Newpow down mm-hmm. the stretch if that were to come around. But uh, you never know exactly what's going to happen as, as the Greyhounds uh, host in Westfield, who kind of pulled maybe an upset against Fishers. A lot, a lot of people thought the Tigers were going to come out in that one, but... The Greyhounds took care of business and seemed to have an easier road this year with, you know, traditionally they would see a pin team that kind of dominated the North, and uh, there's really just not a dominant team coming out of the North right now. No, Penn is still alive, but they're 6-4, and four, and they play Warsaw in sectional two. So the the matchups are Maryville Crown Point in sectional one, uh, Penn and Warsaw in uh, sectional two. Uh, Carroll, we mentioned, plays at Homestead, so Homestead gets to go back home. And uh, Luke Goody, their quarterback, too, I wrote about him earlier this year. He's a big-time basketball prospect and a, and a really nice quarterback for Homestead. And then Westfield, Carmel, and four. And uh, Logan, I just wanted to mention this. We could see, you know, if the, if the games kind of shake out maybe the way we think, Brownsburg, Ben Davis in the regional next week, and Warren and Center Grove again. We always <laughs> see that matchup, it seems like. That would be a regional game this year, not a semi-state game. 
Uh, but those are those are some juicy matchups on the bottom side of that bracket. Absolutely. Rematch there for Ben Davis and Brownsburg from the first game of the season. And Center Grove Warren, you, you typically see them later on in the season. But I remember, I believe it was 15 and 16, 2015-2016, uh, when Center Grove and Warren met in regionals. And Center Grove yeah. got them both times. They, Center Grove kind of has Warren number when they face in regionals. So just something to keep in the back of your mind. And how about juicy uh, semi-state, potentially? Brownsburg, Warren, maybe? Uh, John Hart uh, going against his old team uh that's that's a ways away still but uh, we could see that down the road uh, these stories write themselves sometimes <laughs> i always look for that I, i'm always looking for the good the good stories so uh and then logan we got some i wanted to get into 5a too because there are some really excellent mm-hmm. matchups in 5a and one huge one coming uh at arlington they are playing at arlington decatur central uh plays cathedral that's a cathedral home game uh, but Decatur Central beat Cathedral last year in the sectional 21-14, uh, made it all the way to the state championship game to play New Pal. Uh, I guarantee the emotions will be super, super <laughs> high in this game, Decatur and Cathedral. Uh, not a lot of love lost there. I think they respect each other a lot, but they like to get after it too. Yeah, we've been looking forward to this matchup since uh, the the new alignments came out and we saw that these two could meet in a sectional championship game. The draw works out that way. And this is a game that we're ecstatic about because uh, getting a rematch with these two teams, like I said, with with uh, a, little, a little bit of a little bit of hostility against each other and a little bit of revenge maybe on the mind, uh, you gotta love it with two of the best teams in Class Five. They going at it. And I think Decatur Central, after last year, you know, that was our first sectional championship uh, since 2005, and, and the first time uh, Cathedral hasn't won a sectional mm-hmm. since 2005. So that ended Cathedral's streak. Uh, they've come back with a vengeance this year. I think they have a really good season. Decatur, I, you know, I probably thought less of that. They started 0-2, lost to Franklin Central and Westfield. And you kind of wondered, like, man, they lost so much from last year. What What's this season going to look like? Well, all they did was win their next nine games in a row and beat some good teams along the way. Uh, but I will say this Cathedral team will be the best team they've played, you know, since the, those opening games. Uh, the way Cathedral's played defensively, we knew going in they were going to be really good defensively. The questions were more about the offensive line and how are they going to protect Warren Edwards. They've done that very well and run the ball with Dylan Hall and and, and uh, have really had a season that uh, I think is a little bit unexpected how well they've played this year. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we knew Cathedral was going to be good, didn't anticipate them being this good, and, and uh, their ability to put so many points on the board at a time as well. Now, they will be a little more challenged with Decatur Central, but uh, Cathedral is a team that, that plays a tough schedule and sees a lot of good teams year in and year. That really gets them ready for the playoffs. Pretty sure that's the game I'll be at uh, Friday night, so looking forward to seeing that one. Cathedral comes in. Like I said, Decatur's won nine in a row. Cathedral has won five in a row, and that includes that uh, eye-opening win over uh, Louisville Trinity, and then also a win over Center Grove. So that that's no joke of a schedule there uh, that the Fighting Irish has played. Uh, and then, you know, this sets up if Cathedral wins or whoever wins, Decatur or Cathedral, Guess who they get next week? Uh, potentially New Pal, who has to play uh, Franklin on Friday. And Franklin, of course, been a great story, Logan. I think all year. I don't know that they've got the defense necessarily to uh, to, to stay in this game with New Pal. And I told I told you last week, <laughs> look out for Whiteland in that game. You know, going yeah. going and looking at it, it was it was close. I mean, it was close. It was fourteen seven. Uh, going into the fourth quarter. So, uh, Whiteland ends up being 35-7, and Charlie Spiegel, I think, had 242 rushing yards and four touchdowns, like his kind of his normal uh, <laughs> numbers. But Whiteland was able to hang in there, at least, and uh, maybe something to be learned from uh, what the Warriors did that game. 
Well, if there's anything on film, I think the blueprint's kind of out there on how, on how to stay alive with New Pal and slow down that juggernaut at least. Uh, Frank, I'd say Franklin's had a great year and has been kind of a feel-good story this season as well uh, with this game being at New Pal and, and those guys kind of having a little bit of a wake-up call for themselves that maybe they aren't quite invincible uh, heading into a sectional final. Uh, very very likely we could see New Pal getting out of this one and, and getting possibly a rematch with or excuse, not a, a game with Decatur or or uh, Cathedral. Yeah, it would be a rematch of last year's yeah. championship game, uh, the state championship game. The way it's configured this year, New Pal, uh, they came from the north side of the bracket last year. This this year, obviously, they had come from the south, so they would meet the winner of that in the regional next week. But, Franklin, the thing that worries me a little bit is they've given up a lot of points at times this year. They've scored a ton of points, and Drew Byerly, uh, one of the best quarterbacks, uh, he's big. He's strong. He can run. Uh, big arm. Uh, really good quarterback. But what worries you is they've given up, you know, forty-nine to Mooresville. They've given up forty-one to Decatur, uh, thirty-nine to Martinsville, thirty-five to Perry. So they've at times they've had a hard time stopping people. Absolutely. But I think New Pal might like that as well. Let, let's just see who can score last. I mean, <laughs> let, let, let's run it up. Let's get another Snyder New Pal game. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That one took about five hours, I think. Uh, so that's the there's. The 5A really has some great matchups this week. Both those games uh, should be excellent, excellent games. And then, of course, would set up a, a fantastic regional uh, next week in uh, in 5A locally. So uh, you move down, there's uh, in, in Class 4A, Pendleton Heights and Mount Vernon. Logan, uh, Mike Kirshner is still alive and hoping to take Mount Vernon to a, to a regional next week. Absolutely. I mean, he's kind of turned that program around and then brought him brought him up looking for a 10-win season and getting out of sectionals, done a nice job there in that conference as well. Um, and, and it's not going to be easy, though, getting past Pendleton Heights. Those two teams very evenly matched. And when, when they met last time, Mount Vernon won. But uh, uh, it was it was kind of a fluke at the end. Pendleton Heights fumbled there at the very end. Mount Vernon pounces on it. I mean, it felt like Pendleton Heights was one play away from, from taking them down. So I'm anticipating a really fun matchup there. Should be a great game. And should mention, too, Jed Richmond, the old uh, Lawrence Central yep. uh, coach, also coaching in that game. He's done a nice job getting that uh, program going uh, that has had it's had its ups and downs through the years uh, but they're on the right track now seven and four this year again and uh, Mount Vernon like you mentioned Logan nine and two so uh, we knew we knew Mike Kirshner would get it going there there was just a matter of time uh, sectional 22 Lebanon with a, a wild win last week I'm gonna say I, I called this guy I said it was gonna be 32 30 in my predictions. I went back and looked today. I missed it by one point. It was 32-31. So that's my claim to claim to fame for this week. But, and then they play Ron Colley. Ron Colley coming off a win over Christmas Addicts. I uh, wrote about the Addicts program last week. And it's fun to see how they've kind of gotten it going uh, under Abe Tafik. They're really uh, you know starting to do some cool things over there. Chris Patterson, uh, their quarterback, sophomore quarterback, he uh, rolled his ankle in this game. They were they were playing really well with Ron Colley, and then he couldn't really run after that, so uh, that kind of hurt their opportunities. <laughs> but Ron Colley goes on. They probably would have won anyway, but 45-14 uh, beats Addicts. And uh, really, Logan looks like you know Ron Colley's got a pretty good setup here. I think 11 a team that's dangerous and can put some points on the board, uh, but I kind of like Ron Colley's chances. Yeah, Ron Colley kind of been up and down this year. We weren't quite sure what to expect from them uh, early on when the losses kind of piled on and then turned it on later in the season. Uh, uh, really got things going and 
figured out what their point of attack was and start playing some better defense. That, that's kind of where it started for them. So uh, it seems like Ron Carley usually figures it out around this time as well. Yeah, some really good wins late. Uh, Scott Marsh's team riding a five-game winning streak now going into this game. And then maybe the biggest game in, in Class 4A is uh, East Central. Uh, Mooresville gets to host East Central uh, in uh, sectional 23, kind of a far-flung uh, sectional. We get a lot of travel uh, in this sectional. And uh, I don't know what, you know, Mooresville has a, has a bigger team, a bigger offensive line. They're, they're, they're where they have been more kind of a point uh, crazy and offensive minded. Mm-hmm. This year's team is, is better defensively and maybe better equipped to handle a, an East Central program that always likes to run the ball and, and play physical football. I think Mooresville may, may, that may kind of fit this team this year. Absolutely. This, this is a team with some experience as well. We, we've, we've sang their praise this year. They're looking for 10 wins as well. Uh, and taking on a sectional final. But East Central with some history of their own, like you said. But Mooresville might might just have them on the size. They're playing at home. That's going to be a tough out. And Mooresville plays a little bit tougher schedule as well. East Central, uh, they had to kind of survive Greenwood last week. Uh, Oliver Rao, the Greenwood quarterback, uh, kept just kept throwing touchdown passes in that <laughs> game. It ended up being 49 uh, 35. That's by far the most points East Central's allowed this year. That may bode well. Uh, Mooresville has has played Greenwood uh, this season. They beat them 31-7. So he never put too much into comparative yeah. scores, but that is interesting uh, nonetheless. And, and I think you know, I think Mooresville, what they did last year under Mike Gillen, uh, they're going to be hungry. They feel like they can you know they can beat teams like this now. And East Central is is a program that is is one that. You know they're, they seem like they're always uh, playing for state championships or winning sectional championships, and they of course won the state championship in 2017 in Class 4A. So this would be a huge win for Mooresville, but uh, I might pick the Pioneers. I think they can pull this one off. Uh, don't, don't worry, Bill. Don't reel too early, Kyle. Uh, that, that's. I don't want to shoot my shot just yet. I was going to say. <laughs> and then the sectional of death, as we as we call it, uh, sectional 28 in Class 3A. Uh, Logan Westhoff yet really got pushed by uh, Garen Catholic. I was following that game as well Friday night. It was 34-31. Westhoff yet survived that game and very good offensively all year, but that may raise some alarms going and playing. Sorry, not Burbuff. Bishop Chittard on Friday, uh, a team that has played well all year offensively. Uh, they may have a hard time stopping the Trojans. Absolutely, I think I think Chittard has kind of been been the uh, the, the the top of this class. Uh, they they're kind of the team to beat. It feels like, and Waslipia yeah, feels like uh, the team that that could maybe slow them down. But uh, we start kind of comparing scores and and how Chittard has played down the stretch and and when they faced um, um, some Garen Catholic and kind of compare the scores there. And it, it seems to bode in favor of Bishop Chittard. Uh, I think we've seen from the very beginning the dominance that they've had defensively and their ability to put points on the board. West Lafayette, I think, is going to be pushed. Yeah, I think so. I think this might be Chittard's year. Uh, you go back and look at their their season under Rob Doyle, and they really haven't – you know, the only team that's really got off on them offensively is Cathedral. They put up 31 on them. Other than that, you know, the last seven weeks, uh, the most points they've given up is 12, and that was last week to North <laughs> Montgomery, and that was after the running clock had already started and you're kind of playing some other guys, and uh, they won that game 49-12. to 12, So – Defensively, Chittard has been excellent. We all we talk about their offense a lot uh, with uh, Kyle Cheek and, and Andrew Sawinski on uh, receiving and uh, Dale and Taylor, the running back, and, and they're excellent on offense. But I think a calling card always for Chittard is you know, when they've had successful state championship teams is is a great defense, and they seem to have that again this year. Absolutely. Like I said they, they've kind of been the team to beat in this class that everyone's kind of gunning for, and 
Uh, it's it's good to see Shatar kind of getting back to, to prominence here. I was just counting up their state championships to make sure I had it right. 13 state titles for Shatar, <laughs> uh, but none since 2015. So uh, this may be a, an opportunity. You never know. Last year, uh, I thought, you know, could have been their year, but they're into a really, really good Evansville Memorial team uh, down there in the semi-state. Tough to go down to Evansville and beat those uh, teams when they're really uh, having good seasons. Uh, but that was a... You know, that was a team that, you know, has a, you know, and you go back and look, Logan, you're at West Lafayette. They played them for the state championship in 2015 and, and beat them 31-7. Uh, to 7. So, obviously, different team, different, uh, you know, Kyle Adams wasn't on that team for uh, West Lafayette, <laughs> and he is now. And he can, he can, he can, he's really good. I, I put him up there with any uh, Mr. Football candidates or any list you're putting together, he should be on it. Uh, but I, I think Chittard, you know, I think they have a slight advantage here, uh, but it should be a great game. Also, sectional 29 locally, uh, Cardinal Ritter, 7-4, uh, and four, goes to Danville. And Danville, a little bit of an upstart uh, after beating Tri-West, and they go out and hammer West Vigo last week. Uh, so sets up Danville, could be, uh, could be the favorite here, I think, to win that sectional 29. Absolutely, and why not? I'm calling it Danville to semi-state. Why not? Let, let's see it happen. I mean, I think that's a, a team that, that's gotten a favorable draw uh, looking through sectionals, looking through even to regionals. I think they're they're peaking at the right time. Uh, got some help as well, which is always always fun. It's better to be lucky than good, and I, th- I think Danville is in the middle of that right now. You might be right. They play, would probably play Vincennes-Lincoln next week. I think that's potentially a winnable game. Uh, the, the uh, you know, Potentially down the road, could see Heritage Hills team that's 11 and 0, or South, Southridge plays them this week. So that'll be interesting down south uh, to see who wins that. But I, Heritage Hills has been really dominant this year. Pulled out a tough, you know, and we're talking Southern Indiana now, but beat Gibson Southern and their their excellent team 21 20. Uh, John Hart's son coaches that yeah. uh, that uh, Gibson Southern team. So interesting connection there. But uh, Heritage Hills might be the team to beat down that way. Absolutely, I was going to point that out. That that might be a team to look out for after beating Gibson Southern, who'd had such a successful year. The beat goes on in two uh, A Western <laughs> Boone, ten and one. They beat North Putnam, forty nine to seven. They play South Vermilion on, uh, and I've actually seen South Vermilion play this year. Believe it or not, I, when they uh, played Park Heritage, I did a story and uh, saw South Vermilion play. So. Probably the first time and maybe the only time I'll ever see South Vermilion play. Uh, but I think Western Boone uh, probably not going to have too much trouble in that one. Uh, I would expect them to get through. And then a really interesting game, sectional 38, Logan Cecina, 8-3, and three, goes to uh, Heritage Christian, 10-1. And, and uh, surprisingly, these teams haven't met all that much over the years, but they did meet last year uh, in the sectional, a Cecina win. I guess this might be the year for Heritage Christian, although Cecina – has obviously a lot more uh, history and and, uh, and even even guys who have uh, played for a lot of sectional titles on this year's squad. Yeah, absolutely. And Heritage Christian kind of uh, caught my attention more so with how they beat Eastern Hancock last year. I thought that was going to be a little bit closer game, but Heritage Christian really went in there and, and, and took it to them there, winning 28-6. to And I thought a really good Eastern Hancock team. So uh, it could very well be Heritage Christian's year. We, 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 they've, they've flown under the radar. We, we've noticed them. But maybe, I know at least for myself, I haven't given them the respect they needed. Two of the best, uh, we had uh, both their receivers, uh, Sassina David Baker and uh, Heritage Christian's Harrison Eckel on our uh, preseason super team and uh, good to see those guys still playing two good guys to uh, talk to and, and really good players uh, sectional 39 Triton Central is still alive locally they go all the way down to Providence to play and a game you would kind of expect Triton Central to win uh, good 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 draw Triton Central beat Paoli last week 41 to 8 
So Paoli and Providence, probably the two best other teams in that sectional other than Triton Central. Uh, so I think that bodes well uh, for the Tigers to get through that sectional. And then, Logan, you look down in, uh, in 1A, sectional 42, uh, Traders Point still alive. They will host uh, Lafayette Central Catholic, always a tough out in the tournament on Friday night. Uh, tra- uh, Traders Point 9-1 and one, uh, this year under Adam Stevenson, really kind of getting the corner turned uh, for that young program. And then also uh, – uh, this this may be a tough matchup for Park Tudor. Uh, Park Tudor three and seven goes to uh, Lutheran ten and zero. And Logan, we've talked about Lutheran. <laughs> Sectional forty six certainly looks like theirs to win. Oh, absolutely! I'm an undefeated and, and maybe the team to beat in Class A. I mean, there's a lot of good teams in in the southern half of that bracket, but uh, Lutheran right now sitting pretty. That would set up next week, and I mentioned Park Heritage. That's a that's a cool story too. That's a consolidated school uh, was Turkey Run and uh, Rockville, and uh, neither team had had. Much success real recently. Uh, Rockville had going back a few years, but uh, I would have never expected those two programs to combine and be what they've become. They're ten and one, and I'll I'll have my eye on that game. They go to North Vermillion, the only team to beat them. The week after I went and saw them play, North Vermillion beat them forty two thirty six, and uh, that was a really exciting game. Should be another really good one out in the western part of the state. Uh, in the, so if you get a if you got a chance to go drive and go see a good game, that'll be a great crowd. I guarantee it, and should be a really fun, high scoring game. Yeah, so you go go uh, pack the car up, take a <laughs> ride through Indiana, and then take a look at some high school football. Exactly, should be a really fun Friday night of high school football. Logan, where are you planning to be, and, and kind of what's your uh, uh, what's your plans for Friday night? Yeah, we're going to be uh, following Ben Davis taking on Southport. We want to get a close look at the Giants and, and kind of see uh, how they're going to be turning ahead, and, and maybe looking at a future matchup with uh, Brownsburg or Zinesville. But at first. Good look at Ben Davis. There are so many good games. I, I can't wait. This is going to be a really fun Friday night. Looking forward to writing more about it this week and making predictions and all that good stuff. So uh, we've got a lot of basketball coverage coming. Make sure you check out our Around the Mick uh, show we did, too, uh, on the Mick Network. Uh, we had a good show we did at Center Grove. Uh, volleyball team had the Carmel girls soccer team and uh, talked a lot of basketball and football so be on the lookout for that and again we'll be back with you next week to uh, talk um, uh, talk regional football Uh, should be some great matchups like we alluded to earlier including potentially uh, Cathedral and New Pal which should be really awesome there's a lot of good ones that could be next week so we'll see how it plays out Decatur Central will have something to say about that I'm sure (laughs) so uh, thanks a lot for joining us and we'll be back again with you uh, next week uh, here on the the, uh, Preps Podcast